Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Simply Soccer. I am also back. Uh, Michelle Houtink, in case you forgot, uh, back with Christian and Jamie. Who who could forget you, Michelle? You are you are the voice of our lives. Oh, thank you. Um, I think my students think the same. No. <laughs> you, know, you know what I did forget? Hmm. Who did we play over the weekend? <laughs> oh, yeah. So we... Thankfully, beat the Vancouver Whitecaps five to two, even though arguably those two goals should not have been let in. But, you know, with this Galaxy team uh, looking ahead at Seattle and all the other matches they have lined up, um, it's actually good that they they got what they did. And that that whole MLS weekend actually was a very high scoring games in case anybody forgot. It was like the the. mark of 20,000 goals since MLS started and man did they really hammer in goals on the day yeah I mean it was it was peak summer MLS in the sense that there was chaos there was insanity inanity I mean it was a MLS weekend to it it was this it was what MLS what we love about MLS which is chaos and banality and insanity and the galaxy put in Five against Vancouver in a game that I, I think, you know, we talked about on this podcast about how every game against a West Coast opponent at this point in time is a six pointer, the proverbial concept of the six pointer. They did what they needed to do, and they did it in a way that I think, you know, yeah, the, the two they concede are, I think, egregious. And I think I'm not wrong in saying that. Obviously, the, the first goal they concede uh, an over-the-top ball um, that just no one deals with. Ryan Gold gets on the end of it, and all of a sudden the Galaxy are, you know, it's 3-1. All of a sudden are we, uh, we're looking at a little bit of a, of a shaky moment, and then Grand Seer two minutes later just absolutely puts it away. Uh, looking at the the substitutions made at halftime, I mean, uh, Sartini was was clearly not pleased with his his roster. But they went into the 4-4-2 and they didn't do anything fancy. I mean, they were they were just so efficient on the ball. And, and I felt like, you know, five goals, yes, but they could have scored six or seven. And I think that efficiency is what we've been teased with and what we've been looking for. And the fact yeah. that they were that efficient was so critical to how good the Galaxy were on the night on Saturday night. And I think it it helps with obviously the goal differential when it comes to the West uh, points being so close. It's good that the Galaxy scored uh, as much as they did. Um, the two goals that are conceded, I mean, look, it happened. We know this team. The only th- good thing about that is, well, the Galaxy knew how to answer those goals. Jamie? Yeah, I don't know. We've spent so many weeks now... I know we try to not be the doom and gloom and we spent so many weeks being very critical and um, just going in hard on this, on this team because we love them. And, and, you know, we should criticize them today. I got nothing critical, two goals let in, whatever it happens. I just want to be positive about, about uh, what we did and try to take that going forward. I'm glad you said that, Jamie, because um, actually I remember at one point you were like, well, this is the only game we're winning. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I look, you get, you feel good about every win, right? Even, even if it's a garbage win, even if it's like, Ooh, we probably didn't deserve that. You still feel good about a win. We definitely deserved it. We scored five goals. Christian's right. We could have scored more, but let's focus on the fact that we did score five. And that's a, that's a big like confidence booster going into 
this next game, which is never an easy game. Seattle tends to have our number. So yeah, I'm going to write, I'm going to write the positivity wave today. I think what's really fascinating about this game and especially kind of as I quickly scan out the, uh, the positional player map is the fact that, you know, Victor Vasquez just tucked right under Chicharito and Vancouver didn't really have an answer for him. Um, and I think this is what maybe they're thinking with Pooch moving forward is that playing right under uh, Chicharito and kind of attaching a belt to them, as we talked about with, with Delgado and Brugman, where there's that kind of invisible rope concept where, uh, it, it basically refers to an old training session that he, a English coach did where he tied a rope between his two defensive midfielders and said, you know, this can never tear. And then when they went and played, it was that double pivot kind of thing. They are using that to an effect that I think is actually uh, really successful. Uh, it, it, it read as a 4-4-2 to me when I first saw the lineup looking at these maps. I'm kind of thinking it played more like a 4-3-3, but it almost feels like Vanny finally has the idea of what he wants, which is a double pivot midfield where, you know, Brugman is maybe your shield of the midfield. Delgado is your shuttler. And then you'll have either Victor Vasquez. I think as Pooch kind of comes into speed, which that's going to be a big question is how fast they can get him going, but whoever fills that role as the 10 in that diamond. Uh, and then, you know, Chicharito Cabral, and then, it looks like Grancier, who was absolutely brilliant in this game. I mean, I can't say enough good things about Samuel Grancier on the night. I, I think it was, I mean, he was electric every single time he got on the ball, was able to take players one on one on one. Yes, he had a very easy finish on that first goal. And I give Cabral credit for that assist to pick up his head and to understand that he had another presence in the box. But it, it feels like all of the positional ideology is there now. And I think we talked a lot about this after SKC, which was, well, they looked really lackadaisical and they looked a little bit out of positional sense, right? Where they all were kind of trying to decide what positionally they were supposed to do against Vancouver. And I understand that it's one game and uh, we've talked a lot about vacillation on this podcast, right? I always complain about, I can never really read the galaxy this year because they vacillate through these incredible data points where it's either the SKC game, which that data point is they're lackadaisical. They don't know what they're doing tactically. Defensively, they're lazy. I mean, the third goal conceded in SKC, you know, Gasper just lets the ball come across his shoulder rather than necessarily challenging the ball. And then you talk about the game in Van against Vancouver, excuse me, where they are efficient in the final third. They are moving the ball quickly. Vasquez is quarterbacking this offense. And, you know, Grancier is flying down the wing and Cabral is doing the exact same on the other side. And Chicharito is making these very incisive runs. Chicharito is hitting a panenka for crying out loud. And, and it looks so amazing. But they vacillate through these two kind of mindsets. And I think that, uh, Jamie, you talked about writing the positivity wave. And I got in my car while I was, I was about ready to head in. And I said, I'm going to be a little negative, actually. Just a little bit. <laughs> for the first time ever on this podcast, we're actually going to yin and yang this a bit. They can't vacillate like this. This has to be it. And... I, I get frustrated with the, vacilla uh, the vacillation between this team that is, you know, this, this incredibly incisive attacking monster of a team in the final third. And then what we saw in Kansas city, and it doesn't provide us with enough data points to properly judge this team. I will say this is a big moment because we talked about it last week. I was listening to last week's episode. We talked a lot about how this game was a six pointer. And we talked a lot about how, if they go out and lose this game at home against a Vancouver side that was kind of reeling a little bit, but 
could use a bit of a boost with the game at hand. If they had lost this game or drew this game, it's a very different timber of the season. But now because they won with such conclusive evidence, they have Ripley Pooch coming in. What that's going to look like, we have to figure out. And again, I will caution, this does reek a little bit of Giovanni Dos Santos 2.0. But if he plays like we saw in Barcelona, he's going to be miles one of the best midfielders in MLS. There's a lot to be positive about here. The second half of the season is very kind to the Galaxy. How they respond to it is the next question. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I get coming into it critical and maybe a little negative, but we've just had such a... Michelle, am I allowed to curse? Yeah, go for it. I'll mark it. We've had such a shit run lately that... I just, I, I, I don't, I don't want to bag on this game. I want to just be happy and take what we got because honestly, like who, who knows going forward, it may be, it may be the last time we get to feel this way. So for me personally, I just, I can't take any negativity out of this one or from this one. I got to go all positive and just accept that we got those three points and um, understand that we may not have them going forward. Yeah, then it, it, if we're going to go positive about this, I mean, the movement on that first goal is just sublime. I mean, I remember texting a friend, literally, what is going on? Because I just couldn't imagine the, the, the movement and speed with which whenever the ball turned over, they got it into the final third. That is what the Galaxy are capable of. It's amazing to watch when it's at full bore. We've seen it a couple times this year. I think the first half against LAFC in the um, league game, was the most obvious kind of rendition of that. But man, the, the ability with which they can get into possession and then move downhill is so incredibly impressive. And then, of course, Chicharito scoring a Panenka. Like, oh, I, that's right. I mean, we've talked a lot about Chicharito and his confidence and how we felt that it's not been there. No, he's confident because you don't hit a Panenka if you're not feeling it, right? Like, you just don't do that unless you're feeling it. So, I think the movement that we saw, just the ability to interchange in the final third, we, we talked about this last week too, which is the Galaxy are so good at doing that movement, but they never had the final kill switch. That's what happens when the Galaxy have the final kill switch. They score four goals and a half. They can do this. It's exciting. It's fun. Uh, they just need to be a little bit better about finishing, which I think all of us can agree. But man, when they can finish chances, oh boy, get ready, MLS. So you you mentioned Grunsier earlier in in your uh, little little run there, but uh, if we're gonna go negative, here's the one thing I have to say: it's really hard when you have two DPS that are terrible, and you have Grunsier who maybe has not been the best, but he's definitely been better than both of those DPS, and you can't start him because you feel obligated to start the guys that have that tag. It, that's the one thing that really hurts my heart because I feel like if Grancier had that consistency of a starter position, that he would probably be thriving and doing a lot better than what we have seen um, in the short amount of minutes that he gets with this club. I'll just quickly counter that. And then I know, Michelle, you, you probably have, have some thoughts on this game. I, I think it's become very clear that Douglas Costa is not going to be here next year. I mean, there's, it, of course it, not. yeah, there, there's no, going to be not. some, 
some amicable divorce that occurs <laughs> in the off season, uh, you know, and so I think Grant Sears role is going to increase coming into next year. Yeah. Um, I mean, look, I've always been a fan of, of Grant Sear in case that, that hasn't, hasn't been made clear. Um, you know, when he got the brace on the night, I mean, that's the kind of thing that I understand his position and he's not able to, you know, get the start and what have you, but he, he is showing up. He is stepping up. I always felt that, um, you know, he's always been in that position. He got, he got a brace. So, you know, even Cabral had a decent first half. Um, you know, we, we obviously have, uh, you know, what, you know, our feelings on what's been going on with the team, but man, like just to be able to see that's the team that we always expect. That's, those are the kinds of wins. Yeah. Even if you concede a goal or God too, um, you know, this is the kind of team that you want to see. I, I feel like this is Vanny's team. Like this is what you're finally seeing. I mean, say what you will, but I, I've always maintained that Vanny is a good coach and we're seeing that now as Pooja is coming in. If you guys haven't caught the conference, uh, the press conference, it's um, Elias, our house uploads all that fun stuff. So, you know, Pooja actually said that Vanny has taken him under his wing and he he's, he's like a son to Vanny now. And, you know, you know, we don't know all the other stuff that's going on in the locker room. And, you know, we got a hint of um, from Williams of players having their own agenda, but you know, it's not from what we hear, it's not the staffing. So I've, I think that it's really great to hear. And I think that's always been the goal, especially for the galaxy in general, for us to be able to develop um, these young guys. I mean, Pooja's is what, like 21 years old or something. So you turned know, 23. Yeah. Okay. 23. Okay. Well, I mean, for a 23 year old to leave (laughs) Europe and come here to develop, like that's huge. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I, yeah, I think it's a great opportunity for the galaxy to show that development. And I've got a good feeling about Pooch. I really, I really think he's going to be able to come in and, and push his team forward. Well, he talked a lot about, you know, being the, the next big midfielder in MLS. And he, he said something and I, I, I apologize. I don't have the quote in front of me. But he said something about, you know, like expect more younger players like me to come to MLS. Like we've we've started to notice what MLS can do. I think that's a very interesting quote in the sense that, you know, he's not come that 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 reads to me. He's not coming here to go, you know, down La Cienega and go clubbing kind of thing. Like he's here to work. Um, And also, honestly, considering what Barcelona is right now, if I could get out of there, I would in a heartbeat. Um, But, you know, I, I think just. What we saw was we, we understand all of us that the galaxy we see this year, I think there's going to be some chipping away of the marble, if you will, next year. I mean, obviously, Dobish Costa can't continue to exist in this ecosystem. It wouldn't surprise me if there's an enterprising European club that the galaxy can sell Cabral to. Even if you lose, you know, two million on the deal, just get him out of here because you get the designated player spot. Um, but Hooch, they, they intend to build around him. I mean, they, they do. And the fact that they got him on a TAM deal too is, is quite impressive. And I think it's a, it's a new standard of, of deal. And we're, we're looking at a very new, and this could be a separate podcast in and of itself. Uh, we're looking at a completely new era in MLS when we talk about, you know, guys like Insigne and Crescido, um, you know, Gareth Bale up in, uh, up, up the 110, unfortunately, and, and um, Chiellini. I mean, these are guys that, you know, are still incredible contributors on the national team scale for their nations coming to MLS and saying, 
we're coming here because we want to continue to prove to our national team coaches that we are effective and useful. Uh, I think I, I, I do want to highlight one other kind of awesome point from uh, what was it Saturday night, which was the FRI Alvarez goal, uh, excuse me, the FRI Alvarez goal in the 89th minute. I mean, Dan Jovalich, that is what he's good for. Like, I mean, El Pistolero just reading a play and being unselfish. And I, 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 I watched it back today and I thought to myself, man, I really wish he had because I love Dayon. He's my sweet Serbian son, as I jokingly tell everyone over text, um, but not jokingly, he is my sweet Serbian son. Uh, and, and just the, the way that they, they were able to fluidly manage moments. And, you know, Vancouver, as I said, is a hashtag vibes team. You know, they, they rely on Sartini and him being this charismatic figure to drive them forward. And yes, Dahomey gets sent off in the 79th minute. And yes, you know, they were missing some starters. And yes, their hashtag tactics free and all of the that, you know, bylining and whatever. But the Galaxy just took care of business. And I think that's something that we haven't done a really good job of this year. Because we've talked a lot about how the Galaxy haven't turned in a complete 90-minute performance. And what does it look like when the Galaxy turn in a full 90-minute performance? This is what it looks like. And the fact that it's happening right now is, I think, a very good sign because MLS is a league where you can be bottom of the table, but as long as you start turning in good performances around this time, so around maybe the last weekend of July to the first weekend of August, you can really push yourself forward into the playoffs. And again, as much as we as Galaxy fans would love to have a home playoff game, we don't need one because we know this team is going to start putting in results. If they can continue this, this, this run of form that has seemingly just begun this past weekend, well, it doesn't matter if they have a home game or whatever. As long as they're in, all of a sudden, it's the whole entire concept of you just want to be invited to the dance, right? And then it's a question of, okay, now that we just got invited, let's go find the prettiest person to dance with. And that if they can do that, which I think they can, I mean – I don't think it's hyperbolic to say that this team could really go on a run with Pooch as this late season, you know, nitro boost, a la Fast and Furious, you know, 15 or whatever they're on at this point. And, and really make some people think about their positioning and the type of team they are. Absolutely. Um, my gosh, there's... So much that we want to say, but I know that, you know, we like to keep this um, commute sized. So um, <laughs> <laughs> um, Seattle Sounders are next. So look, they are um, champions. Is that what it was called? The cup that they got? Champions League. Yeah. Champions Conca League. Champions. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. CONCACAF Champions League. Um, I mean, good on them. They knocked out you know, league mm -hmm. of the Mets, which is, uh, you know, a league who likes to boast being better and more relevant than us. So as much as like, I don't like watching Seattle win anything, I do love watching MLS beat Liga Mekis. Oh, absolutely. And yeah, we did it for the all-star game too. So it does, it does feel good. And, and, you know, that's the thing, right? So Seattle seemed like they put all of their, energy and what have you into that and so they're they've they've actually lost the last two matches so i think 
that this is a real opportunity for the Oxy. I know that we keep saying like every game feels like a playoff game, um, but it really does. And especially a, a match against the Sounders and, you know, Galaxy are at home. I'll finally get to go to a game. Yay. I'll be there. Um, you know, so yeah, this is a game that you really stand up for. And we know that the usual, you know, the usual uh, roster lineup for the Sounders can can be quite the challenge. You know, you got Jordan Morris, um, you got Ladero. Um, maybe they should start Leardon because he he's actually got some experience against uh, playing with the Sounders. Maybe he would be good to play uh, against them. So um, I really think that this is totally um, a good chance for for the Galaxy to keep showing their stuff and show that they are playoff ready. Jordan Morris is the least of my worries and not because of, I won't say it, but you understand. If you know, you know, if you know, you know, we've, we've already, we've already got cursing going on in this episode. If you really want to take it there. Fuck Jordan Morris. But the, the biggest concern for me is um, Raul Ruiz Diaz. I mean, this guy has the galaxy's number. Since he's come into the league, he has destroyed the Galaxy every single time they play. Like, it's just absolutely ridiculous. Like, who cares about Jordan Morris? He maybe will score a goal, maybe will be relevant, but Rui Diaz is going to be a thorn in the side of this defense, and I really just hope that the back line and even the midfield can pull it together for that. Yeah, I I think, you know, you look at a Seattle team that, I think we'll have a lot to say as the season ends. Uh, LAFC obviously will will run away with the supporter shield. That there's no question about that. But everyone, yeah, well, they could have clinched a playoff spot in FC Dallas one, so they still haven't. So, wah. yeah, no, but I mean, everyone's talking about Seattle. Is they're just waiting for this sleeping giant, um, almost Gilligan Islands esque to wake up. Um, I'm making a lot of literary references today. I apologize. Uh, um, you said Gilligan's Island. I think you meant Gulliver. Gulliver's Island. Sorry. No, it's Gilligan's. I thought. Um, anyway. Uh, but uh, I mean, they, they they are a team that is on paper, regardless of form, so good and able to destroy you at a moment's notice. They are able to just, as Jamie, you said, with, with, with Rui Diaz and Ladero and then you talk about the young kids that they've brought up, Alfaro and um, uh, Chu and, and, and all those guys. They constantly replenish. They constantly, Stefan Fry and Goal, I mean, the names roll off the tongue. They, they are, you know, I'd, I'd argue they're the greatest dynasty in MLS over this past decade. And, and obviously winning Champions League was the crowning achievement. And there is a sense amongst the Sounders, you hear it from Garth Lagerway, you hear it from uh, Brian Schmetzer, that they feel that this is the end. And so they they have one last shot to make something happen. And I think that is going to be a really interesting motivator um, as, as unfortunately Jamie has to uh, uh, abandon us. Uh, for, I'm sorry, uh, guys. I, I had a, a prior commitment, family commitment. I got to get out of here, but I love you all. And let's beat Seattle. Amen. <laughs> uh but to continue the point, um, it's they they pro- they pose a danger that is incredibly difficult to manage. Now, I think with the Galaxy scoring five, they did a very good job of mitigating moments of failure. Now they had two, 
Uh, but, and, and they played a Vancouver team that I think didn't punish those moments of failure the way that Seattle can, but Seattle's been a little, I wouldn't say disappointing, but they've, they haven't exactly been what we expected. And I think that gives the galaxy a certain chance here where maybe the galaxy take advantage of a Seattle team that's in a bad moment. And then all of a sudden we're talking about, you know, two games at home, win your two games, everything just feels a little better. That's the question here is can they reel in a couple of teams where, you know, they, they can, they can give themselves an opportunity to secure that playoff line there. I, I think the galaxy are going to make the playoffs. I, I just think that that will happen. But I mean, th- this is one of those games where you sit there and you say, okay, you know, Seattle on 32 points, the galaxy on 33 with a game in hand. Maybe this is the moment where they can kind of break that line. And if Vancouver would like to lose, that would be very nice. Uh, but I think if they can beat the Sounders, they can break that line. And then all of a sudden we're starting to talk about, okay, well, maybe they can get a home playoff game. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, that's another thing as Galaxy fans, we're so used to hosting playoff games. And I know as much as Galaxy fans love their away days, you know, we want to play at home. So, you know, at this point, it's just like we're trying to just make the playoffs, right? Um, and then, you know, the second wish on the list is is getting that that hosting. But, you know, at this point, um, we just got to keep the faith in, in this team. Um, You've got plenty of players that are starting to show and consistently show, um, like Delgado, uh, Jovalich, especially as coming in as a sub. Um, you know, Chicharito's always been very solid. Uh, Vasquez, solid in the midfield. Um, you know, Cabral having a good first half. So here's the thing against the Sounders, they're going to have to be good ideally in both halves, but I would say, especially in the second half, if you're gassed against the Sounders, if this team is, you know, behind uh, too late, it's going to, the Sounders aren't going to be one of those teams where it's easy to score in the 88th minute, the way the galaxy have been pulling it off. Um, You know, it's just no matter what, you know, the galaxy seem to not be able to capitalize against teams that are on a losing streak um you know the sounders always a challenge it's going to be a a great match i mean maybe maybe a boring first half because the both teams are going to be feeling each other out and kind of depends how how it might go right but if the galaxy come out guns blazing in that first half i'm worried about them being able to keep up um in the second but then this this points to this concept that we've talked about a lot which is a full 90 right like the fact of the matter is they need to turn in a full 90. They did it against Vancouver. Can they do it against Seattle? Seattle, very different proposition to Vancouver. But, I mean, they can do if they can do what they did against Vancouver, I didn't really feel Vancouver had a lot to offer in the second half. They really choked them out of the game. Now, I understand that, you know, Dahomey gets sent off, and then for the last 10 minutes, Vancouver realizes what has happened. The result that's in front of them basically says, you know, so long and thanks for all the fish. And, you know, it gets out of there. I think Seattle is going to be a little bit of a different proposition, obviously. Uh, but, you know, the line between fourth and 11th is only seven points. So it's, again, like I said, we go back to my bar fight analogy from last week. Um, the bar stools are being thrown at this point in time uh, in the Western Conference. So every game matters. Now, I, I like the Galaxy's point, points per game right now uh, at 1.38. 
Um, I think that's sustainable enough to get you into the playoffs. And I mean, with Minnesota being on 38 points, the Galaxy on 33, they win this week. And then all of a sudden, that home playoff game just looks that little bit more achievable. And it does feel like a bit of, again, this whole entire proverbial every game is a six-pointer. Like the Galaxy at 33 points, Seattle at 32. Well, what happens? The Galaxy open up, you know, what would it be? It would be uh, at least a four to five-point lead on Seattle. That would be huge. And they have the game in hand uh, against San Jose, who is a team that is, quite frankly, you know, in trouble. So I think this is a game that any result they get is good. I mean, even a draw, I would take. Uh, if you if you shook my hand today, gave me $100 and said, the Galaxy will draw against Seattle, you know, 1-1 or 2-2 or whatever the draw may be. Um, hopefully not 3-3 or 4-4 or because that would be bad for my cardiac health. Uh, then I'd take it in a heartbeat. The winning would be, I think if, I think if they beat Seattle on tomorrow night, uh, and, I, and I will be in the building as well, then I think they're in the playoffs. I think we can confirm a playoff position for the LA Galaxy. If they draw, again, we start to talk about, well, you know, now the rest of the games are six-pointers again. But if they lose this game, then I actually am very worried about the, the back half of the season, which, which is to say, congratulations, Galaxy fans. Every game from here on out is a one-off playoff game because we're fighting for our lives here. Yeah, um, definitely. I mean, playing at home gives the Galaxy the advantage. Let's go into this with the mentality that we're going to win. Um, and let's not freak out that, you know, a couple of games from now uh, in case the Galaxy, you know, don't get all the points that we're hoping for. One, um, uh-huh. one, quick, one quick stat I want to throw in here that actually is kind of intriguing to me. And I just saw it. And I'm I'm kind of surprised by it. But the Galaxy are 7-5-1 and one at home. I thought they were a lot worse at home than that indicates. Uh and then the other point is the Galaxy haven't beaten Seattle in eight straight matches. And we've talked a lot about games where the Galaxy have been unbeaten against other clubs in that position and the Galaxy have lost to them. Maybe that flips and we finally break this duck that we have against Seattle. Um, and then the other big point I want to make is uh, Galaxy substitutes have contributed uh, for 24 goal tr- uh, contributed to 24 goals um, this year. So the impact off the bench, as you were saying, is critical in that second half and they can get that. And, and Jamie, uh, who unfortunately had to bounce mentioned uh, the last time we had her on about how, you know, Dayan Jovalich, it would be nice to have him start, but he's so critical off the bench. I think that actually might come in handy against Seattle in terms of all those little, those little contributions. Uh, but, you know, Seattle lost to Real Salt Lake on Sunday to one uh, Real Salt Lake, again, another very solid team. I, I, I think the Galaxy have a very good opportunity here, especially if they play uh, the way they did against Vancouver. I think the Seattle outside backs really do struggle with quick interchange movement. Uh, they, they tend to collapse pretty centrally. Jordan Morris then gets stuck on an island. That would be very easy for Raheem Edwards or Julian Araujo to deal with because Jordan kind of flips wings to find the game. If they can force Seattle to collapse centrally and then use Cabral and Grandseer to extend the field, I think the Galaxy have a very good shot here. Well, I definitely want to see it. Um, I hope everybody gets there in time to get their, what they're calling light sticks or something. Thunder sticks um, or something. Thunder sticks. I don't know. It sounds like it should light up or glow. Um, but yeah, it sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun. There's going to be soccer fest there. Um, 
Yeah. Heck, uh, we're going to be there. It's going to be a lot of fun because we're going to be there. Of course. Um, and please order your magazine if you haven't already. Uh, we are not able to actually afford printing out copies to give physically to everybody. So please just order yours online. And uh, yeah, like and subscribe. And thank you so much as always. We will be here. So stay tuned. We will talk to you soon.